Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Men in Tights podcast. I do sincerely hope that you've been having a lovely week and a better weekend as well. And we'll have a better week coming up. Hopefully y'all are staying, you know, healthy and safe and clean out there. And I'll get to that a little more later on. Uh, but anyways, you know, as always, please make sure to subscribe to the Men in Tights podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast. Castbox, Radio Public, Breaker, YouTube, wherever you can find the Menatites podcast. Um, trying to get it on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it now. I'm not sure. You know, I'll let you guys know when that's you know official. But uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter at I am Fositude for all podcast information. And this episode, as always, uh, following pay per views, I'm recapping the pay per views with Elimination Chamber plus the you know Raw and SmackDown. And I'll also be discussing the latest inductee into the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame, as well as the possibility of WrestleMania being cancelled. Yes, that's right. Now, let's get started. Alright, Elimination Chamber. The opening match that we have on here is Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. And this was an awesome match that I wish had been given more time because I loved it that much. It deserved so much more time than what it was given. Uh, it, is, it was a true wrestling match that I am sure would have made men like Lance Storm and Dean Malenko so proud. And, and it was such a great match. I loved it. I was into it from start to finish. And there was a moment in the match where Gulak had gave Daniel Bryan a German suplex and Bryan landed right on his neck and I know I was not the only person watching who was so scared that Bryan had injured uh, his neck again because that landing looked so damn brutal my god like I th I'm sure we I'm sure we all thought that he broke his neck again seriously because uh, yeah and this is not the this would not be the last time that you know fans would have a you know moment where they flinch or wince or whatever but i'll get to that later on uh but you know thankfully brian appeared to be fine and healthy enough and he was able to not only continue the match but also went on to win this match when he was able to lock on the labelle lock or i think they're calling it the labelle lock again i'm not sure or the yes lock whatever uh, uh which caused drew gulak to pass out prompting the ref to call for the bell Awarding the victory to Daniel Bryan. And with the fact that Drew Gulak never actually submitted, has me feeling like we're going to get uh, a lot more out of these two. And I am more than okay with that. And then the next matchup we had was Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo for the United States Championship. This was also a very good match, yeah, as all their matches have been up to this point. Yeah, but this one wasn't really anything that we had not already seen, so you know, I'm not going to really get into crazy details on how this match went. Uh, but again, it was a very good match, very enjoyable. Andrade went on to retain, so at this point I'm 0-2 I'm with my predictions for the pay-per-view. And after this, we had our first of the two Elimination Chamber matches, which was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. Champions The Miz and John Morrison defending against The New Day, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, Dolph Ziggler and, Bob and Robert Roode, and The Usos. Now, this was a very exciting match, to say the least. You know, the, the, 
we knew it would be pretty chaotic with having 12 men in there. And we knew that it was going to be at least half of them in there at the same time. And it certainly delivered in the chaos. It really did. And fans were invested in this one from opening bell, uh, which I was as well. And the action had very few moments of, of you know, of, of rest. There was not, not a lot of moments, not a lot of time to rest throughout this match. Now, of course, the big story, <clears throat> sorry, the big story within the match that had nothing to do with the tag titles was, of course, the story of Otis and Dolph Ziggler over Mandy Rose, who Ziggler had dedicated this match to during a promo earlier in the pay-per-view. And fans were so eager to see Otis and Ziggler fight, but as I mentioned in my predictions podcast, I think they're saving that for another day, so, you know, where it's, you know, not going to be overshadowed by, you know, a match like this. Now, they did have a brief moment uh, in the match where Otis had Ziggler cornered up against one of the plexiglass chamber pods. And he was, you know, running towards Ziggler, and then Ziggler moved out of the way, and this sent Otis crashing right through the plexiglass and landing outside of the structure. And this prompted uh, his partner, Tucker, to basically go apeshit on Rude and Ziggler to avenge his fallen friend before he was eventually taken out and eliminated by Rude and Ziggler. And then another big moment from the match was uh, uh, Lince Dorado of Lucha House Party did a shooting star press dive from the roof of the chamber structure itself onto pretty much everybody who was in the match at that point and and considering how little room he had hanging up there i'm really surprised that the, it went as smoothly as it did because it could have gone bad in so many ways he could have overshot the the, the jump could have undershot it it could have had his legs caught in in one of the hold of the structure you know it could have gone very bad he could have he could have basically broken something or killed himself it yeah but yeah uh, eventually miz and morrison would go on to retain which was my first correct prediction of this pay-per-view and again it was a very very good match if you haven't seen the pay-per-view yet make sure you check out this one it was very good uh, but especially check out danny ryan versus Drew gulak if you're a big fan of true wrestling matches like I am. Then after this, we had uh, Aleister Black versus AJ Styles in a no disqualification match. And this one was also a very, very good match. Uh, I don't remember a lot of, I don't remember a lot of specific details about the match, but it, it went pretty much exactly as I predicted it would go with uh, Undertaker showing up and distracting AJ, you know, enough for, uh, well, not just distracting, he, you know, he, took out Gallows and Anderson and got AJ Styles as well and this allowed Alice Black to get the win just giving us even more confirmation that we will be seeing AJ Styles versus The Undertaker at Wrestlemania which I actually am very much looking forward to seeing and more on that when I talk about Monday Night Raw. Then we had the Street Profits defending the Raw Tag Team Championships in a rematch against Seth Rollins and Murphy. This was another good match that I don't really remember a lot of specific details for because I was it was getting late I actually started the watching the pay-per-view almost two hours 
behind uh, and I started it from the beginning so I, I think at this point it was already like 11:30 for me when I was watching it so I was getting a little a little sleepy but what I do remember was Kevin Owens coming in uh, through the crowd with a big bag of popcorn and was just you know acting like he was just a fan and offering it to members of the audience it was pretty funny and this distracted Rollins enough to ensure that the Street Profits would go on to retain their Raw Tag Team Championship so as I already said, the story of Owens and Rollins is not over. We shall see how this progresses in the coming weeks. Which, again, I will get to a little bit when I start talking about Monday Night Raw. And then we have the Handicap Intercontinental Championship match with champion Braun Strowman defending against Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Now... I'll be honest, I actually didn't really watch this match because I'd gone to the bathroom and I was in there for a while because I was dealing with some stomach issues at the time. But when I finally came out of the bathroom, I was so happy to see that Sami Zayn had been crowned the new Intercontinental Champion. So, yay for that. <laughs> I did see a lot of fans were pissed off about this because of the manner in which he got the victory. But you have to remember, he, he's playing the chicken shit heel role right now, so you have to expect him to win matches in that manner going forward. So, But if you're that pissed off about it, it means he's doing his job. So there you go. Then we come to the main event of the evening, the Women's Elimination Chamber match for the number one contender spot against Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Oscar versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. Now a lot of fans were not happy with how this match went, which I can understand, especially after how the tag match for the Elimination Chamber went. But I enjoyed it for what it was because I believe that it told the compelling story that it wanted to tell, that favored Shayna Baszler and made her look like a dominant beast. Like seriously, she dominated this match instantly as soon as her, it was her turn to enter the match. And she eliminated every woman one by one by one by one. And it's never happened in an elimination, elimination chamber match before. Regardless of the, if it's men or women. No one has been this dominant before. Um, and the spot that I know fans will remember the most was, you know, as I said before, was not going to be the only time. In the cha in the on this pay-per-view that we, everyone was gonna wince and cringe. It was when Shayna had Liv Morgan and like a little power bomb, you know, position, you know, like how the spot that they do where they slam them in the security barrier outside. She slammed her first into the chain wall of the chamber, and then she rammed her head first into the plexiglass part of the chamber pot, and God seriously, that shit made me flinch. Oh yeah, and then every replay that they showed. I would just go, God, because obviously she's fine. She was she she was protected, but just that slam, just bam, right into the glass. My, oh, and, and of course you know Shayna Baszler obviously won the match, which we all knew was going to happen. Um, and I'm honestly satisfied with how the match went. I really am. You know, I know a lot of people were upset, complaining, you know, that, that she was too dominant, that what was the point, blah, 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 you know, but you know what, it, it did what it did. It made Shayna look dominant, made her look like a beast, and it, it served the purpose of, you know, this is what she did to four other women, how is Becky Lynch gonna, gonna defeat that? 
you know. And now we move forward on this road as we head to Tampa, Florida, and WrestleMania 36. Or are we? Yeah, more on that later. And now, Monday Night Raw. The show kicked off with a promo from the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, talking about Shayna Baszler's dominant victory at the Chamber and, you know, their upcoming match for WrestleMania. And they showed highlights from the Chamber match and then a snippet of the post-show promo that Shayna did where she made it known that she's coming for Becky's title and closed it by calling her a bitch. And Becky gave her rebuttal by saying... Like, she may be a bitch, but she's the bitch. She's the bitch that runs the division. And then brought up how she beat Shayna's friend Ronda at last year's WrestleMania. Uh, and it was a very good promo. I enjoyed it very much. I really did. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do in getting fans excited to see them fight one on one at WrestleMania. And then after this, we had Rey Mysterio versus Angel Garza, and this was a good match. It was, it would, you know, obviously it was a good match. You know, it would be more surprising if it wasn't. You know, nothing we haven't already seen before, and eventually Mysterio won in the match, so, you know, moving on, next segment. We followed this up with a clip from earlier in the day of Kevin Owens arriving to the arena before being stopped by Seth Rollins, Murphy, and AOP, and of course they got into a brawl, and then ended with, the uh, you know, Rollins and, and his and team dumping a bunch of production equipment on top of Owens, and, you know, obviously there would be more from this later on in the show. And we had a nice little video package with Rhea Ripley taking a tour of the Raymond James Stadium, which is the site of WrestleMania 36, at least as of right now. Again, more on that later. And telling her story of how she got to where she is today and how when early on in her career, people compared her to Charlotte Flair and how she, you know, worked to break out of that kind of thing, you know. And this was followed up by a promo from Charlotte Flair, who... I have to say, was looking pretty damn hot on this night. She really is. I don't know, something about, you know, being engaged to Andrade is, is, is it's, it's working for her. <laughs> I will say that. Um, but yeah, she came out and she basically tore into Ripley because, you know, no one will ever be better than herself. Uh, you know, basically the typ typical Charlotte Flair promo. And then Rhea Ripley showed up. But before she could speak, Charlotte interrupted her by reminding her that this was not NXT, it was Monday Night Raw, and she eventually got punched in the face by Ripley. And it's a pretty basic segment, but a good one nonetheless. I enjoyed it very much. Then we had Bobby Lashley versus Zack Ryder, and it went exactly as you'd expect it to go. So, moving on. We had, then had a backstage segment with Aleister Black in his little dark room in his black suit, waiting for somebody to knock, knock, knock on his door. And there was someone coming and knocking, knocking on his door. It was Seth Rollins and Murphy basically offering Black a spot on their team, which he, of course, declined and instead said that he will be having a match later on with Seth Rollins. And yeah, more on that later. And we follow this up with Eric Rowan versus Drew McIntyre. And it was a decent match that eventually Drew McIntyre would obviously win. But the real story was Drew killing Rowan's robot spider thing when he smashed the cage with the steel steps. Now, what will next happen to Eric Rowan and his little robot spider? Who knows? R.I.P. little robo spider. <laughs> Anyways, then they showed a nice little video package recapping everything that's been going on with 
Edge and Randy Orton, including the RKO to Beth Phoenix from the week before. It was a good promo, you know, we'll see how things pay off in their segment later on. Next up, we had Natalia teaming up with Liv Morgan to take on the Kabuki Warriors in a non-title match. Then we had a pre-match promo from the Warriors, and it was honestly just so freaking hilarious. They were speaking in Japanese, obviously, and it's just, I love how ridiculous and over-the-top they were getting, because this is just them showing their real personalities. It really is, you know. If you follow Asuka's YouTube channel, you know that this is how she is. You know, all the time anyway. Um, but yeah, I loved it so much. It was so great. And then the match itself was actually pretty good as well, which, again, shouldn't be too surprising since all four women are great in the ring. At least to me they are. You know, when they get the chance to show it. And then, eventually, Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan showed up at different points during the match, which I guess means the story between the former Riot squad isn't finished yet. You know? And Ruby and Sarah had a brief brawl on the outside of the ring that ended with Liv doing a dive off the top rope onto both of them, which left Natalia alone and vulnerable to eventually falling victim to a kick from Asuka and awarding the victory to the Kabuki Warriors. Now, like I said last week, this is going to lead to Natalia teaming with Beth Phoenix once again to take on the you know, Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team titles at WrestleMania, and I'm just curious to see how long we'll have to wait before that gets confirmed, which... You know, might not even be happening because, you know, again, I'll get to that a little bit later. The next segment was AJ Styles coming to the ring, being accompanied by his good brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, to address what happened to him the night before with The Undertaker. And he talked about how The Undertaker has now stolen two big moments from him, the first one being causing him the tournament gauntlet thing at Super Showdown, and, of course, the match with Aleister Black the night before at the Chamber pay-per-view. He then brought up Undertaker having the perfect farewell when he lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33, which I do agree that, you know, laying his coat and hat in the middle of the ring and then des descending into the stage was a perfect send-off for The Undertaker. Even he said so on the Broken Skull sessions you know, that he had back in November. You know... And then also ADL said that he should have retired when Brock Lesnar broke the streak. And then how also mentioned how Undertaker ruined his legacy when he kept coming back, you know, when he came back to fight Cena, coming back for the Saudi Arabia shows, you know, called him a broken down old man named Mark Calloway, and said that his wife Michelle Cool is basically a gold digger, and that's the reason why he keeps coming back, and then finally said he wants Undertaker to die in the ring at WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, from coming from AJ Styles, that was a much different promo than I'm sure a lot of us were expecting. But you know what? I was into it. I really was. And I'm now even more excited to see how their match is going to go for WrestleMania. <clears throat> Again, if it even happens. But anyways, uh, the next match was Riddick Moss versus Cedric Alexander for the 24-7 title. And I barely paid attention to this match, except for, you know, when I saw that the match was over. So, moving on. Next segment was MVP cutting a promo that apparently had started during the commercial break because he was already speaking when they came back from the break, which I hate when they do that. But you know, that's you know that's the, that's their problem. And he was talking about you know starting a group and that he can lead to greatness and you know about talking about being focused and other shit like that, and specifically naming Edge as someone he can make a world champion again if he stays focused. And then they cut to. Uh, the Tron showing Edge arriving to the arena and then marching down to the ring and he immediately called out Randy Orton. And then MVP kept 
He's talking to Edge about, you know, like he's focusing on the wrong things and then asks how, how is his wife, prompting him to give a spear to MVP. And of course, you know, Orange showed up, beating Edge from behind, but then he was RKO'd out of nowhere from Edge, or by Edge, rather. Uh, see, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm reading from notes that I'd been writing all week long, and it's, let me see what time it is right now. Uh, shit, it's 1.30 in the morning uh, that I'm recording this, and... Now, some of these words are getting a little blurry for me. Anyways, uh, he then went to grab some steel chairs to use on Orin, and Orin managed to slip out of the ring and ran up the, st the stage. Then MVP uh, tried to get Edge, but then he put him in some kind of MMA chokehold before RKOing him on a steel chair and then hitting him with the concerto. And then doing it again after the fans chanted, One more time, one more time. And like I said on the last podcast, this better end up with them having a brutal, you know, Attitude Era style Street Fighter WrestleMania because this is one match that I won't tolerate any PG bullshit from. I, mean, I usually defend WWE being PG, but the, with the way this storyline is going, I would not accept any PG bullshit from them. I really won't. Uh, anyways, now we followed this one up with a nice vignette hyping up Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. First half of it was Paul Heyman listing off everyone who has fallen victim to Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, like Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, The Rock, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, John Cena, Triple H, you know, a whole gambit of people. And then Drew came in. Says something to the effect of, yes, he beat all those men, but he hasn't faced me. And then proclaimed that he will walk out of WrestleMania the new reigning, defending, undisputed WWE Champion. And I seriously cannot wait to see this match. It is going to be a great match. It will be a great match, if it happens. <clears throat> and then we finally got to Seth Rollins with Alice in Black. And Rollins came out with a bucket of popcorn, offering it to everyone in sight, basically mocking Kevin Owens from the night before uh, for doing the same thing. And it was a pretty solid match up until Murphy and AOP got involved, causing a DQ finish that pissed off a lot of fans in the arena as well as on social media. And eventually the Viking Raiders and Street Profits arrived to avenge the day, save Aleister Black, and eventually this turned this into an eight-man tag team match. Uh, it was your standard by the numbers match. I think nothing too spectacular, but not boring either. And eventually Rollins would get the pin for his team. And then the show closed with Kevin Owens coming out to get revenge by giving a stunner to Akum, Razor, Murphy, before eventually getting hit by th with three curb stomps by Rollins. You know, you know, pretty pretty solid way to you know close the show, at least in my opinion. Alright, now, Friday Night Smackdown. Just like NXT earlier in the week, Smackdown aired live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. The only difference being NXT had a crowd in attendance for their show, Smackdown did not. And I will discuss that in more detail later on in the podcast. Uh, not to me, I had a, like a weird feeling throughout the show because, as I've said many times in the past on this podcast, Crowd reaction and crowd interaction can make a big difference in a wrestling match. It really can. However, I enjoyed the show for the most part. I really did. And we had Triple H on commentary with Michael Cole, and he was Triple H was so much fun to listen to throughout the night. He, I mean, 
I mean, I'm going to mention it off and on throughout the whole show, but just, I, I freaking love Triple H on commentary. He really, you know, and he even mentioned him, his apparent demotion uh, at one point during the show, that, you know, that people talk about that, you know, the, on the Dirt Sheet website, that he was demoted from his previous position. And he mentioned, he said that he's the only man in the world to get demoted and be busier than before. And he was making fun of Michael Cole throughout the night as well, which I really loved. And it really it had me wishing Triple H could be on commentary full-time because he was that good. He was funny. It's pretty unanimous that Triple H was the star of the show. But anyways, let's get into the happenings of the show itself. Now, the opening segment saw Bailey and Sasha Banks coming out, talking about how the they built the Performance Center and were once again boasting about their superiority to the women of WWE's past and present. Eventually, they were interrupted by Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, with Bliss saying that since the Kabuki Warriors haven't answered uh, her challenge for the tag titles, they'll just fight Bailey and Sasha instead, leading to a tag team match. Playa, 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 holla, holla. And this was a good match, but as I said a few minutes ago, the crowd makes a big difference, and them not having the crowd can kind of take you out of it. And then later on in the match, Alexa was attacked from behind by Asuka, which prompted Triple H to make the joke that, uh, you know, Asuka came in out of nowhere, she blended in with the crowd. <laughs> and, this, and this allowed Bailey and Sasha to score the victory. And obviously, this is going to play into the women's tag team title match currently planned for WrestleMania uh, with the Kabuki Warriors, Natalia and Beth Phoenix and Bliss and Nikki Cross. But again... We'll get into those that little thing a little bit later in the show. Uh, <clears throat> and also another little thing that I actually saw this uh, from a from the international feed. It was a video that I saw on Twitter that when they went to commercial break, that they actually just stopped the match and just waited until the producers gave them the cue that they're back that they're back from the break. Which I mean, it makes sense. There's no audience there. You know, you don't want them to you know have to do more than they than necessary and risk injury. Yeah. But anyways, the next segment was a sit-down interview with Roman Reigns discussing his Universal title match with Goldberg at WrestleMania, and he addressed how fans say that he doesn't deserve to be in the main event, and the claims of him, of his limited in-ring abilities, bringing up how he's been, and then he talked about how he's, you know, been going at it full-time for the last however many years of his WWE career, he's there every night, busting his ass, you know, to Give the WWE Universe the, the, what they deserve. And that Goldberg is just another part-timer that shouldn't be champion. And I mean, it wasn't a bad interview. I, I, I was actually pretty into it. And it even had me, you know, cheering for Roman Reigns and wanting him to beat Goldberg's ass for the Universal title. You know, but again, we'll get to that a little bit later. Then next, uh, we went backstage to Caleb Braxton, uh, getting ready to conduct an interview before being interrupted by Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Sami Zayn coming in to brag about excuse me, Sane's IC title win and Elimination Chamber, and then after they left, Kayla brought in the returning Jeff Hardy, who was then interrupted by King Corbin making a bunch of sobriety jokes before finding out that he and Jeff will have a match later on in the show. And then after the commercial break, we saw uh, Daniel Ryan searching for Drew Gulak backstage, basically to talk to him about their match from Elimination Chamber, and how he's still feeling the effects of it. Uh... And which I guess you know supposed to be him giving showing respect to to Drew for the match that they had, and then they were interrupted 
by Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura, with Sami bringing up how he, you know, he had offered Brian a chance to join forces with them, and that him turning them down led to his being destroyed by the Fiend several times. And this eventually led to Daniel Bryan getting in their face, uh, with Cesaro stepping up to defend Sami Zayn, and then Brian challenging Cesaro to a match later in the show, which Triple H made officially shortly after. And then they aired the SmackDown Tag Team Title Elimination Chamber match in its entirety, since I'm guessing they didn't have anything else to fill this segment of the show with. You know? Which I understand it was essentially a last minute, sh you know, set up for the show, so, you know, they did what they had to do. Then after the match, they had Miz and John Morrison in the ring bragging about their victory and made jokes at each other's expense about their movie careers. Now, nothing much else happened on during the segment, so moving on. And then next up, we had the uh, Daniel Bryan accompanied by Drew Gulak versus Cesaro, and they went to commercial break, but then when they came back from break, uh, Triple H was working the camera on Michael Cole, uh, which was just so funny. And then when they also had Mojo Raleigh on, on at the commentator's table with them to discuss the rumors of Rob Gronkowski possibly signing with WWE, and Mojo said that Gronkowski will be on SmackDown next week to address those rumors before he he and Triple H decided to roughhouse Michael Cole a little bit, which which was actually pretty freaking funny to me. I don't know, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, 90, 1997 DX with Shawn Michaels and Triple H just you know. Just ragging on Cole so much. It was funny. Uh, anyways, back to Dana Barber's Cesaro. You know, Sammy joined Triple H and Cole on commentary for the match, which of course was good. Sammy Zane is awesome. I love the man. Uh, and, uh, and the match itself was also a very good match, but I was scared for Brian's neck throughout because, again, that brutal landing from that suplex with, in his match with Gulak. Urgh, damn. Yeah, but. Brian eventually scored the win after reversing a crossface into a pin, which is, you know, you don't see that a lot on WWE TV anymore. Uh, but after the match, Brian was then beaten up by Nakamura and Cesaro, and then Gulak attempted to save Brian, but he was then beaten down by Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sammy. You know, what this is all going to lead to in the end? I have no idea. I really don't. But I am very intrigued by what I've seen so far, and and very much looking forward to seeing how this all pays off in the end. And we then move on to King Corbin taking on the returning Jeff Hardy with Elias joining on commentary for this match. And this was an alright match. I mean, I didn't expect much out of it for Jeff's first performance in almost a year of being gone. And Elias eventually, you know, started strumming his guitar to distract Corbin, which allowed Jeff to hit Corbin with the Twist of Fury, as Michael Cole kept calling it, and then a pinfall after a Swanton Bomb. So I'm guessing this is supposed to lead to Elias versus King Corbin, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming for WrestleMania, but we'll see. And then we had the final segment of the show, which was John Cena coming out for an interview segment with Michael Cole, addressing his match with The Fiend for WrestleMania. And during the interview, Cole brought up the previous match that they had at WrestleMania 30, saying that for Bray Wyatt feels that him losing to Cena at WrestleMania 30 was led to the downward spiral in his career. And Cena talked about how everyone, you know, likes to say that Cena buries 
and ruins careers for WWE superstars, and then he decided to bring like, hey, why does nobody bring up you know, my, the losses I've had in my career? And he mentioned uh, RVD at One Night Stand, CM Punk at Money in the Bank, The Rock at WrestleMania 28, Brock Lesnar basically killing him at SummerSlam 2014, um, being destroyed by Undertaker at WrestleMania 34, and said that Wyatt's downward spiral is the fault of Bray Wyatt. And Cena then said that when he told the crowd on that SmackDown when he returned a couple weeks ago that WrestleMania should be for the up-and-coming superstars like Drew McIntyre, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, and Velveteen Dream because they are the future and that his eyes, and in his eyes, Bray Wyatt isn't the future. And then Bray Wyatt arrived, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt arrived, first saying to, to John that he was so happy to see him again and then saying that essentially that the fiend has saved him from himself before concluding the segment by basically saying WrestleMania will be the end of John Cena and I really like the segment a lot I really do I mean and I feel that it was a great way to end a very unique and in my honest opinion very enjoyable episode of Friday Night's Smackdown And rumored for months and finally confirmed per announcement on the After the Bell podcast, the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith will finally be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2020. And he is, of course, more than deserving of the honor. It's just a shame that he's not alive to enjoy and celebrate this honor with his family, friends, and colleagues. It's, it's so sad. Uh, just like so many that have passed on and haven't been able to enjoy their inductions. It's, there's too many, too many to name. Um, but yeah, I am beyond happy to see this finally happening after so many years. And because he was always one of my favorites growing up, like legitimately one of my favorites growing up. You know, I loved his matches tagging with Dynamite Kid, taking on the Heart Foundation. Those were always some of my favorite tag matches. Of course, his match with Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 92, their rematch at Annie House December 95 for the WWF title, the European title tournament finals match that he had with the Owen Hart in 1997, that one was a great match, uh, the one night only match against Shawn Michaels for the European title, and of course the Canadian Stampede 5 vs. 5 Hart Foundation uh, versus Austin Goldberg, LOD, and Ken Shamrock match, and many more great matches that I can't name off the top of my head at the moment because, like I said, I'm recording this at it's 1:50 right now. Yikes! And I'm pretty sure that obviously you know his son Harry, daughter Georgia, and widow Diana will be the ones to accept the induction on his behalf. You know, it's it's pretty obvious. What can't be anybody else? And I'm the one who's going to be probably introducing them would be Bret Hart because again of the you know classic Bulldogs versus Hart Foundation tag tag matches. And yeah, it'll, it'll be great to see all those, all of them again on WWE TV. And now we wait to see who else is to be added to the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. All right, I've been, you know, kind of hyping it up all episode, but yeah, the possibility of WrestleMania being canceled because of the virus going around uh can't i'm not gonna say the the name of it because apparently you know youtube you know is flagging 
videos and uploads of people talking about the thing that you can't get monetized, which, I mean, doesn't really matter anyways. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not monetized on YouTube anyway, so you know, I don't even know why the fuck I'm even bothering talking about it. But anyways, yeah, there was the possibility of WrestleMania being canceled. Because, uh, uh, I mean, there's so many things being canceled right now. I mean, the XFL's remainder of their season got canceled. NBA got canceled, hockey was canceled, baseball was canceled, um, South by Southwest was canceled, CinemaCon, WonderCon, uh, so many movies that have been pushed by, I mean, and the, the No Time to Die was pushed to November, you know, Fast and Furious 9 was pushed back an entire year, uh, New Mutants got pushed back again, god damn, it's been three years waiting to see that movie, I mean, it's, it's never, it's probably never gonna come out at this point, I mean, um, at this point, either release it straight to DVD and Blu-ray, or put it on Disney Plus. Who knows? Um, or Hulu. Just you know, do something with it. I mean, uh, what's what else was had they pushed back? I think Mulan got pushed back. Um, Quiet Place Two got pushed back. So many movies and everything that have been that have been pushed back. It's it's insane. And the movie theaters limiting uh, the capacity of of attendance for as well. And, you know, some cities and states, you know, having a limit of no more than 250 people in a in a, in a single place at one time, it's insane out there. It is, and you know, with you know WrestleMania supposed to be in a baseball stadium in Tampa, Florida, I don't think that that's gonna happen either. Either it's not gonna happen at all, or they're gonna do it at the Performance Center like they did for NXT for SmackDown, and that they're going to do from an NA Raw this coming week. You know, depending on when you listen to this, I might that, that episode of Raw might have, might already have happened. Um, it's it's in I don't know because uh, I read that you know that the mayor of Tampa is giving WWE like 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 one or two weeks to decide if they're gonna if they're gonna go on with the show and if the, and if they don't make a decision that the mayor is gonna cancel it for them. I don't know. It's I'm gonna try to you know keep as up to date as I possibly can with it and. You know, maybe do like little short videos on YouTube channel talking about it with with the more information that comes out. Uh, I'm gonna try to keep up with it. I really am, but I, who knows what's gonna happen? Because this this is it's insane out there. I mean, people are just going go, people are going insane over this, and I understand it's a scary situation. You know, not something anybody wants to be a part of. Nobody wants to be nobody wants to get sick like this. You know, because there are there are people dying out there. It's scary. It is, you know, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson tested positive for it. Uh, uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, his wife tested positive. The President of Brazil uh, was tested positive. A lot of people tested positive and people dying. You know, but the thing is, the people that have, that have died from, from this so far are people that are either out above a certain age bracket or they have compromised immune systems to begin with, you know. You know, but I'm not gonna get into a whole, you know, discussion about that. You know, uh, but yeah, just the possibility of WrestleMania being canceled is just insane to me. Cause Wrestle WrestleMania's never been canceled. The only time that this that this almost happened was WrestleMania Seven, where they moved it from the 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 LA, the LA Coliseum to the LA Sports Arena. You know, where they they say the official reason that they give was you know that their that you know security security was a concern because of the sensitivity of the you know Sergeant Slaughter storyline, which I'm sure there was some you know concerns for that, but there's no fucking way that that that's that's the reason that they moved the show from from the stadium to the arena. The the real reason is because tickets weren't moving. You know, building building the building the 
the show on Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter, that's not that was not gonna fill up a, a stadium of over a hundred thousand people. There was no fucking way. Come on. As as great as Slaughter was in his prime, as great as Hogan was in his prime, that move that that match was not gonna was not gonna sell out a hundred thousand seat stadium. No way. But yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna try to keep up with any bit of news that comes out regarding this, because this is just you know, if if they end up canceling WrestleMania, it's gonna be that 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 is a story. That would be a, a history making moment because they've never WrestleMania has never been canceled for anything, ever. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but my theory is that they're probably gonna if if it's canceled in Tampa, if the the mayor of Tampa decides to cancel, that I feel like they might do it at the Performance Center. You know, and have just like a very small crowd like they did for the when they did NXT. But who knows? We'll see how that's going to go. And, you know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They have plenty of resources to on what they're going to do. But we'll see how things go in the coming weeks. Because we're still, you know, three weeks from WrestleMania. So I guess we just have to wait and see. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Man in Titans podcast. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to me ramble on for the last 40 minutes. And if you didn't enjoy it, you tuned in anyway. So thank you very much. And I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to talk about on the next podcast. But, you know, just stay tuned, I guess. Um, and and uh, as always, make sure you to check out my previous podcast entries on here with my retro film reviews, my worst to best rankings, my classic wrestling pay-per-views, my other film reviews, regular podcast episodes, and all of which can be found right here on the channel. You know, on, if you subscribe to, you can find, you can get all that on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Breaker, YouTube, wherever you can find the Minutes Podcast. And follow me on Twitter at IamFositude for all podcast updates. So, you know, if you want to know you know what's coming next for the podcast? Just hit me up on on Twitter, you know, or if you have any ideas for for what I can do on on the podcast, just you know, can hit me up on Twitter and you know, throw your ideas at me. Happy to take any and all of them. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Fositude to enjoy the pictures and memes and fun shit that I post on there from time to time. And follow me on Vero at Fositude, where you know it's more of a little. Like a little night, a little family community on there, you know. I have and I have a lot of fun on there as well. And again, actually, on on, on any any of them on Twitter, Instagram, Vero, you can just send me a message. Well, on Vero, you have to you have to connect with me, you know, to in order to send me messages. But on Instagram and Twitter, you can send me a message anytime if you want to just discuss anything or if you have an idea for a podcast that you want to hear me talk about, you know. I'm just I'm just a, a DM in oh I'm just one DM away. You can slide in my DMs anytime. Uh, just don't send me unsolicited photos because that I don't I don't I won't do I won't I'm not down with that. Um, but anyways, uh, support the podcast by donating to my donating rather to my Hall of Justice on Patreon for only one dollar a month. It's just one dollar. I'm not asking for much. Um, the link will be in the description. And check out the Mentites Podcast store for shirts, stickers, pins, magnets, wall art, pillows, notebooks, so much more. And that link will be in the description as well. 
And as, as I always say on here to close out the podcast, thank you all so much for tuning in, for listening, for watching, for subscribing. I love and appreciate every single one of you who do. I truly, truly, and genuinely do. And I hope you all have a wonderful week and that you're staying safe out there, uh, taking care of your loved ones if you're able to, um, taking care of yourselves, staying healthy, staying clean, and hopefully you're not hoarding all the toilet paper for people who really need it. Um, anyways, uh, this has been the Men in Tights podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time.